right, we are live in three, two, one, and here we are, the Anchor Soul Podcast. Here we go. Um, I'm here with Julia and Fiona. Right now, what what did what's brought what brought you here tonight? Do I have to? <laughs> Can I answer? Honestly, it was you, Max, because oh, Austin you. Austin told me, like, so I saw a story where it said that he was having, like, a little get-together, and then he told me that it was, like, a pre-going-away party for you, and I was like, fuck, we have to go, because it's Max, yeah, it's and we Max. love Max. No, seriously. No, literally, it's you, like, bro. Max, like, you're, you, you think we're bullshitting, but no, it's no, that like, you. Like, you don't understand how much we like you. Like, yeah. you just have good vibes, you know? And, like, we just love I appreciate that. You. Cheers. Right, so... all right so uh with this podcast right um this generally bases towards like all sort of things like philosophy life skills kind of like yeah what what brings you towards like what takes you to the table Mm -hmm. okay yeah what brings you to like your your peace my peace oh that's a deep <laughs> do we have to answer that? <laughs> well, I mean, if you want. I mean, my peace is honestly like. My peace is just being able to, like, honestly, okay, this sounds like super lame, but like moving out to Banff, like, I've just felt so much better. And like, I feel like all this pressure is off of me. And I just feel like I'm able to actually, like, live on my own and do all these things. And it kind of, like, makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, okay, like, I'm. I know that I'm capable to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that makes it a lot better is that I moved out here with two of my best friends, Hannah and Fiona. And it's just like, it's great. And everything has gone great for us so far. Like we all work together. Yeah. We're, it's always just good vibes, man. Like, I know that sounds super lame, but I don't know. That's just the way it is. For me, it's just like, what brings me to peace is knowing that like, on my deathbed i'll be able to say that i live with no regrets even like yeah. the decisions that i kind of look back on and like oh like i wish like i kind of mm. didn't do that i won't regret it because it has like it's brought me to who i am today like if you think about it and like it will shape 100%. me to the person who i will be yeah. right now i this is going to be a bit of a weird question and personal to some right yeah. but each and individually would you guys consider yourselves old? Definitely not. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I think that there's so much more that I can learn and experience. And yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like growing old, a lot of people look at it as like an age. But it's, but it's about like... Well, okay, if you think about it, like people who are 40 still have that like mindset of teens. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? But the thing is, I also feel like experiences. Because I feel like... You could be like 80 years old and have like Seriously. no experiences. You've been working in like an office your whole life. And I just feel like, sure, you're old, There's but I feel, like, I feel like you're not. Age that is just a number. Wise. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like to be wise, you actually have yeah. to experience stuff, you know, because you can't like tell stories. You can't like come from like personal like, experience. Exactly. Yeah, personal experience. That's exactly what creates yeah. wisdom. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And that's why, like, I want to experience so many different things. Like, I want to travel and just experience different cultures so that I can, like, be knowledgeable about them. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Instead yeah. of just learning it from, like, fucking websites on oh, the yeah. internet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, 
when it comes down to it, like, you've got to be very careful of what you see on the internet, like, on a lot of social media, because, like, that's that's generally what is what's going to graft, like, a lot of generations through this. Like, I mean, hell, it's already started with ours. Like, I mean, Gen Z, holy shit, that's... Some people are doing great, other people can't even boil a damn egg. But, like, that's the whole thing. That's, like, yeah. everyone's given by that different mm-hmm. experiences. But, like... I feel like at the same time, you got to be some like, this is vulgar as fuck, but sometimes you just got to get slapped in the face by a lot. No, for sure, well, I feel you like- learn about it. Like, you, I will always say this, and I've always said this, like, look for the positive in things. Whether it's a bad situation, you have to look for the positive in things and look for what you've learned from it. And not just dwell on the, like, bad things. Like, you know what I mean? I've always said this to, like, everybody that I've met, and I've lived by this. Because I've seen people get taken away by the negatives in life. Yeah, for sure. And let it consume And, like, them. yeah, as soon as it consumes them, they feel like they can't do anything And anymore. the whole they're world's like, against them. Yeah, exactly. But you, they're, like, they're like, well, this already, like, over, like, pain me, so I can't do anything to change it. But, but like, that's not can. true. You definitely you can. can. Like, sure, it's different for other people. It might be harder for some, easier for others, but, like, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with the whole schemer effect? No. No. So schema is the psychological term for like how one perceives life and everything. Mm-hmm. And to a degree that's that's defined by like one person is viewed on life and how they are like their morals and everything. Morals is very different to schema, but schema definitely creates a very big void there. I remember like a couple of years back when I first heard about it, like my mate this was like back in he was still in high school. I think he was in like year eleven. I was finishing off uh, my marine studies course yeah. him and i were just like talking reminiscing like to us that felt like the old times over by like the last like couple of weeks because like it felt so fucking long mm-hmm. but like he started telling me about schema and all that and i was thinking like because we were also talking about skyrim i thought he was talking about schema so it was a bit of a fucking there was a bit of a <laughs> translation group there so i lost him for a little bit but when he went through like the whole part on it's all about your mindset. So, like, if you have a bad experience, that's going to guide you away from certain things. Like, if you focus on just certain certain specifics of a negative situation or any situation, that'll definitely guide you in its own personal retrospect. And that's the dangerous thing with, like, schemas. You could have a lot of good things going in your life, but if you got, like, that negative mindset to begin with you're always going to see seeing Mm -hmm. some bad shit and that's the problem because like not a lot of people talk about that yeah not to the other person's like uh reasoning or like their um not their reasoning to their uh blame but -hmm. to the same degree it's also to that like observation as own everyone yeah yeah personally that's why i always look in the positives because my sister is the total opposite she was no, no. Can see it. She, my sister always looks for the negative in things, and she drops a bottle cap and yeah, drops a bottle cap and and she freaks out and her whole day's ruined. Like that's not just her; like she has yeah. mental illness, yeah. like she has borderline personality disorder. Uh, but she always there, it's just yeah. hard for her to realize. And we are back. Sorry for the Sorry, little bit of an interruption there. Wyatt lost his phone. <laughs> Wyatt lost his phone, yeah. It's all good. We found it, though. Found it, though. Somewhat. Right. <laughs> right, so 
we were on that certain topic of just staying positive and like yeah. you were talking about your sister that got a bit of DID and all that, that trying to be as positive as you can. Because I don't know, I've just learned from watching her throughout the years of just growing up with her. I've. It's not over here. Yeah, it is. Oh wait, over there, his jacket, bro. There we. Right, three, two, one, and we're back. Okay. <laughs> right, so continuing on from like that conversation. Basically, what? just looking for the positive things because if you don't, then the negative. Well, no, that's the thing that I always do. Like, if people were like messaging me or whatever, I'd like stay positive, like stay positive. And I know it sounds like it sounds cheesy it saying, sound saying cheesy. stay positive, but honestly, it makes a big difference. Like having a positive mindset like changes everything, man. It definitely can like really help like create a space around someone. Like, if you see someone that, like, focuses on very, very specifically on the positive side, or, like, not even just the positive side, that just emanates, no matter how bad shit is, it's, like, it's good, it's okay. Mm-hmm. For as long as someone can, like, produce that sort of mindset energy to start with, that definitely can help certain individuals. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's hard for other people who don't have the mindset. Like, they can't understand it. Oh, well, yeah. They definitely can't. from the negative yeah. mindset to the positive. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, when it comes down to it, like, that to itself is why what you were saying before about travel mm-hmm. is very important. Because if you stick yourself in, like, a bubble, you only learn what's in the bubble. Exactly. And then you get filtered in all the information because that's like that's what media is media is a filter that it filters out all the things that it wants you to hear and then you don't hear anything about the positive side 100 percent. and once you get stuck in that bubble it's hard for you to get out yeah not specifically just that but like at the same time when you have that bubble you sometimes don't even realize you're in the bubble yeah oh yeah fair enough so like you're sitting there you get the whole setup you're sitting there and Eventually, at some point, hopefully, eventually, people sit sit there and like it's it's that point you realize that you've been every time you get off work, you are getting up, laying in your bed in like a really bad position, laying in your back, and just staring at your phone for like the next like forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, like it it genuinely damages you because yeah. you know why people actually stare at their phones and access like so much all all the uh, things on smartphones and all that. It's the serotonin that gets created well, yeah, it's a slight little bit of dopamine. It's yeah. not so much a good or negative thing, but it's like, it's well, still it's- positive to have serotonin in your system, but it's different ways to collectively attain the serotonin. Well, because I've like seen studies about it and um, it is an addiction in a sense. Mm-hmm. You're addicted to the serotonin when you hear that you get a notification. Oh, 100%. So, like, that's why as soon as you get a notification, you look at your phone. And, like, especially like, especially like, you with our generation, me? though. Gen Zs, especially. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that, like, we were raised on technology. Yeah. Like. It's like there's positive and negatives to being raised on this technology. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, yeah. like, at least, with this generation, at least, it's aware of how to use this technology. Yeah. And to a degree, like, it's all depending on what they use with the following of the technology yeah for sure so 
Like we got a whole set of kids and everything, like not just in the States, not just in Canada, not just in Australia, but like we got kids even in like Japan and that, that have been like for years now have collected this okay, sort well, of shuttered culture of like, Oh, yeah. They stay indoors. They don't really leave the house. They yeah. just they don't oh, yeah. see a point in reason towards it because yeah. like their parents are rich or something. Yeah, not any reason towards them, but like they just they're not connected to that sort of uh, background. Anymore. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Well, I feel like it's because they can they're find detached. everything on their phone. Like honestly, on your phone, you can find like everything in quotation marks. Yeah. Because honestly, like you could search up like same what's related to traveling. You don't even have to travel to see. Phone. No, it's not. Um, is it? Give me a second. Frick, I'm actually really enjoying this podcast. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I like Thank you, Max, for doing stuff, this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to do this. Dude, we don't have to do Austin? Austin, what's up? Oh, he found it. Is it in your pocket? Probably. Ah, okay. So, full disclosure, I am not in a studio. This is not a studio-based thing. This is just in the living room of Bath housing. Yep. 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 I forget where we were at. Yep. 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 You live in Banff? What? Yeah, man. So, wait, Max, what was your decision to move to Banff? Out of all places, why Banff? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was still in Lake Louise. Yeah. And this was during all the whole COVID thing. It was COVID shut down for me like mid late March ish. And then I was just like enjoying the whole fact of like, it's summertime. I'm relaxing. Everything's melting. And like all my mates for the first time in like two years of hanging out with them nearly that we all had the same time off. So camping, got the... EI and all that and set up ourselves and then when everyone started moving on and COVID started to get looser and shit I was thinking I don't want to go back to where I was so like not because of the um, place at all it was just like the current staff at the moment it was just really shit Uh so had to leave that it was like a toxic relationship so I just went home and then decided you know what fuck it go to Banff my buddy was already working with mm-hmm. BHC and all that, mm-hmm. so he gave me a great reference in that. Basically, mm-hmm. he said I already had the job. Oh, okay. Called them up, and then, yeah, because I he was already joining up with this kitchen several months before COVID hit, and then he just rolled over that whenever COVID sort of started getting going again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I jumped over that, I was, like, joking with him in the, <laughs> in the kitchen he was at in Lake Louise, and mm-hmm. I was like... Dude, just, like, hire, like, put my name out there, say I'm, like, a AAA dishwasher and shit like that. Like, give them as much <laughs> hype as possible. Yeah. And then literally during my interview, my, uh, the HR lady, Jessica, she was like, yeah, um, Jacob said that you're, like, a AAA dishwasher and whatever and all that. And I was like, he actually said that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Now I have to be. AAA dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Certainly, I thought I held up pretty good expectations to a degree. I was never late. Like, I mean, I've only, since the two years of being here, not shown up to work about once. Once? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's really good. I've not shown up to work once, and I've missed... What? 
I've had to fill your shifts twice. There's so a technically, di- you missed but, two shifts. But the fact Techni- that he found someone to fill his Okay, shift. swapping yeah, shifts does good. not count. Either, even then, I've only switched <laughs> three times, actually. Yes. In general. That's not bad, though. Yeah, but... Like, at all. Like, that's, yeah, no. that's nothing. Yeah, not for him. For me, so... I would <laughs> like, literally get, like... I've, I've never called in off. sick. I've shown up to work every single day I've needed to. Yeah. Even days accidentally when I didn't know. <laughs> and my best pride to that is the scar between my eyes, where I smacked my head so deep, and I was told I needed like a week or two off but I literally showed up to work the next day <laughs> are you kidding me no that's insane no. I would take those days off god damn <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a weird work ethic that was like put kind of into me through childhood shit yeah like get that good work ethic cause like make yourself worth someone's time that was it no for sure yeah no I understand no I respect yeah. that that's just good work ethic and you clearly have that yeah Cause how long have you been in Banff? Uh, since July. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, six months now. So like, yeah, like, no, that's mm-hmm. good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, July fifteenth. Literally, I'll be leaving exactly five months. And you haven't showed up to what three shifts? You said. Um. No. No. Throughout my entire two years here. Oh shit! Oh, that's yeah, really that's good. Really then good. that's really good. I would get summers off at my old job. Wish I could say that, but mm-hmm. I got given days off. They don't like you. Not gonna lie, like, I mean, that whole setup that you're wearing there, Wilson, like, minus the, uh, the, uh, flannel, looks like Ariel. <laughs> it does, it does. Wait, I have a question. Remember how you're talking about the manager at, like, Louise, like, food and beverage? Oh, Were you talking yeah. about Brad? No, no, so. Was it Sheila? No, Neela. Um, Neela! Neela! She yes, yelled at yes. me today. Yeah, she does that. But apparently, according to Corey, like, she's nicer this season than she was last. No, she was yeah. super nice to me. Like, no, was, she's, no, she's... No, she was nice to me, and, like, but, she, like, it was just this morning. I think it depends on if she's in a mood or not. Like, in the yes. morning, she's a little, she's a if, little, like... Here's the thing with Neela. Like, you gotta make her laugh. If you make her laugh, you're a friend. Oh, I made her laugh. I there made her go. laugh today. <laughs> but, like... Right now, she's the assistant supervisor, and Brad is the supervisor. Oh, Brad loves me and Fiona. He Brad up loves us. All us. The time and he, like, even Brad was talking with, like, his, whatever, the other supervisors, Honestly, like, and he called me over, and he introduced me to them, and he was like, this girl right here always has a smile on her face. You can't tell because she has a mask. Did you tell him? Eyes. Did you tell him you were working, you know me? No, no. we haven't. Okay, well, that that's great. Yeah. That's a great first impression, because, really? like, well... He said, like, we're, he like... He would react like that if you guys said you knew me. Well, even when me and Fiona are together, he comes up to us and he makes a joke. Like, he's, like, he's joking around with us and he always, like... He's always... He always tells me and Fiona specifically. He's like, you guys are doing a great job. Like, yeah. you guys are doing yeah. really great. And it was, like, what? Like, our third day when he started doing yeah. that. Well, like, considering that his standards have really dropped since, like, all his... <laughs> no, no, no. I mean this in no disrespect, <laughs> but, like... Considering that of the crew that we used to have, the crew that we did have, yeah. and then the crew that we got now, well, no, with like Louise. When, when he introduced me to like his other like supervisor friends, whatever, he was saying he said that food and beverage this year was like super good. Yeah, and he was like he was like good job for hiring them, whatever, because he said that everyone in food and beverage was doing super well. Yeah, yeah. So that was mainly because like it was just before I was leaving. But, like, I was, like, stuck training, like, a lot of other people all around the ski resort. Because, like, even though I was a dishwasher, 
I was there for like a year and a half, so yeah. I got to help out other parts of the food oh, yeah, and sure, you know everything so, like, by then. I trained all these other people from like barista to like the bartending spots to like other spots all around. Yeah. And all of them do a great job, but like when you get praise from Brad, that's something that you gotta like Yeah, well Brad loves on. us. Like he jokes with us, he ta- like Like he literally came up to us and he's like uh, it was before Halloween, and he's like, I know you guys are partying tonight, so if you do, wake up, throw, throw up, and show up. up. Yes, yeah. wake up, throw up, show up. That was literally a setup like, <coughs> from our mate Adrian that used to work. That, well, not our mate. He was a bit of a father. Yeah. Anyway, um, he he did that. He That was his thing, that for every orientation, he was like, we know that this is a party place, so like when you go out and party and go crazy and shit, Wake up, throw up, shut up, show well, up. That was he, it. He'd rather you show up hungover than yeah. call in. Yeah, yeah. You know? especially and nowadays. Like, yeah, oh, for sure. Because we have extra staff now yeah. because of COVID. But Brad was like, I don't know, like, Brad just... He always comes up to us. Like, me and Fiona specifically, he always comes up like, to us and he always says, like, you guys are doing a great job. And you know, like, team leader. That's great. Yeah, yeah like, you know who Christy is? Yeah! I don't know Christy. Yeah, we came, love Christy. She came up to me, she's like, yeah, like, she's like, wait, where do you live? And I'm like, oh, I live in Bam. She's like, oh, sh- I was like, yeah, Julie and I live in Bam. She's like, oh, shit. Like, we were considering both of you guys for team leader. And that was yeah. the first day. That was the first day that she told us that she was considering I'll say it's a good start. That, you guys are already on a great start, and that's the beautiful part about it. That's yeah. great. Um, I, I like to hear that. <laughs> like, full-on call-out here to fucking my mate Trafford Anderson. Honestly, I feel bad. It took me 45 minutes to remember his full name. <laughs> Not even kidding. I was at Lake Louise today. I was trying to talk to people. We're at Lake Louise today. Max. I was busy doing some other shit. Aww. I was trying to sell my. We're not um, a priority, apparently. Wow. I was selling my board, my bindings, wow, and checking on my treasure. You sold your board? Yeah, I was selling my board, my bindings, nice. my helmet and goggles for fair like enough, fair enough. nearly four hundred bucks. Okay. Um, would have had a full deal going on with um. What? It went in. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Fuck. Here we go. Right. So. Here we get to another real question. Oh, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was distracted. So All right. What so, do you do you think that you um you got some high expectations? Boom! Like you you got high expectations on you? On like on me, like I have yeah. pressure on me. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. And what what really um what makes you required to have like those? Well, okay, for okay. So definitely my mom has pushed me because ever since I was like eight years old, I've always been working because my mom has her own business. She has a restaurant. So even when I was like eight, I was literally serving people, serving, just like serving their dishes, whatever, not alcohol, obviously. Um, Just go turn by turn. Smash him, come back. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I definitely know. I definitely have that pressure on me and I just feel like from such a young age, I've gained that work ethic. Yeah. So I just feel the need to always like be on people's good sides and always meet their expectations and go like beyond that, you know? Yeah. But do you take any like, do you take breaks? Have you like, I'm, I'm sorry, I've forgotten. Like, how old are you again? Uh, 19. 19. So like, yeah. I mean, you got the whole, ch- you got the whole chance. You're figuring everything out. I'll tell you this from like, I, I left Canada to come to Canada from like 18 so like yeah. 20 going on 21 yeah, sure. and all that I've learned so much coming here 
sure. But like, like that nineteen onwards to twenty is going to be a weird set of years, yeah. mainly for a lot of things. But like, I've I've learned personally that there's just a lot yeah. to go through, and this is the prime time to like. Take, not not figure out what you're doing, but yeah. learn who you are. But I feel like, yeah, oh, 100%. I don't think I could have learned who I was until I left my hometown. Oh, exactly. Like, that. that's the best part because you meet people that have never heard of you, don't know who you exactly. are, everything exactly. else is going on. And that's what I loved about traveling. Yeah. That's just it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to travel, 100%. Because, yeah, like I said, like you learned, well, well like you said, you learned, oh, oh no! Shit, two times. Quick, two times. Two times. Get the fucking two times. <laughs> Twice now. Bitch slapped me with the tea towel and I dropped it still. Wait, I got it. I got it. It literally just slapped me across the back. Two times, Max. You no, spilled my drink twice. <laughs> right. Um. Oh, I still have it. Oh. Go ahead, man. Um. Fuck. I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll ask you about the expectations on your, like, your family and all that, like, well, if you take oh, breaks. Well, you see, the thing is, so, I also feel like I have a lot of pressure on me because, like, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles and stuff, they have super high expect- expectations for me, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, you're taking this year off, whatever, and you're going to go to school, and you're going to, like, achieve great things, but, like, the thing is, like, I do School achieve... doesn't work. Like, I'll, exactly. I'll tell you this no, no, no. now. I'll tell you this now. School, school does not work. I know. Work. That's, what, that's what I try to degree like like if you're gonna become a fucking doctor sure school works but (laughs) no that's so much it is like it's 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 i don't want to say it's bullshit but it's low-key bullshit bullshit. yeah here's the thing like you can learn as much of the practical skills and that's all that's important like here's the here's the stupid thing you got doctors that do two years of pre-med no three years of pre-med two years of med school and then they spend the next two or three years as interns, possibly to go become doctors, but they're yeah, still Yeah, and they still have to pay off all their debts. Yeah, all, all their debts stuff, and right. shit. But the thing is, like, well, a lot like, of people, like, our age, they go to school, and they can't even, like, imagine living on their own. But the fact that, like, we didn't go to school or anything, and right away, we're just living on our own, you know? Yeah. And that's, like, such a shock to them. It is a shock. It is. It really but, like, is. From there, there's always so much shit that you can always do to, oh, like, 100%. to circle around that. But, like, the worst part is... When people like overcome themselves with like yeah. so much of this, like they tell themselves like they gotta do this, they gotta do that, they gotta do everything else. Like, um, I keep forgetting his name, but he is this great, great motivational speaker. But like he swears so much. Like, I, I think that's the main thing that grasped me when I first watched it. I was going like, to say, I feel like, because that's not like a lot of motivational speakers. It's like, always like the same thing he's over got like and a, over. Yeah, he's got a very real, like, he stares yeah. at you and like... Yeah. The main thing that actually got me was, it was on Facebook, I was watching this, like, a couple things. Like, this is the only time I'll really praise social media, but mm. he says, like, the next 30-year-old, the, the next person that tells me that they want to be a millionaire by the time they're 30, I'm going to punch them in the face. Yeah. That was literally the first thing that clicked in, like, that was yeah. his first, like, intro piece. Mm-hmm. Before coming into like the rest of the piece, really? like, he was he was so deterred at the fact that like once you realize you got so much time on your hands, you don't realize how much time you've got. Like I mean, I've been learning. Like the key thing for me was always if you don't have the time or the opportunity to have, learn the wisdom yourself, yeah, is go through like different levels of philosophy. Oh yeah. So like I've 
I myself have learned little bits of philosophy from like my friends, my family. Oh yeah, my, like, for sure. People I've known. Yeah, then it's like I've, everyday life. You always learn something about it. Yeah. yeah, and then I started starting um, Taoism, the Tao Jin, and like and the then you actually start yeah, Stoic philosophy. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of those, they like each key point has such similarities from mm-hmm. things that in cultures from completely different sides of the world, and yeah, then you realize sure. that. It may be crazy logic, but if it's something that two yeah, people from the other side of the world have come up with, yeah, you've got to like put in the effort. Like, is that yeah, worth knowing or not? Well, you see, the thing is that's hard for me is because <laughs> both of my parents are immigrants, right? Yeah, and they moved here to give like, like their kids a better life, which is me. And like, I almost like feel guilty for not going to school right away. Like, I do. I one hundred percent do feel guilty for that because this is what my second year out of school. You shouldn't feel guilty. Like, I mean, I, continue, but I you shouldn't do, feel guilty. I, I, I know I shouldn't, but I yeah. do because the fact that so they had yeah, nothing. It was like, what? Because they, yeah, they're from pretty, Poland and it was like all communists mean, and all that. And that's the reason they moved. And I just feel I like, I do feel guilty for sure because when they came here, they started off with nothing. And even now, we're not like super rich or anything. We're just like, you know, like middle class, I'd say. Maybe yeah. even below that. And I just feel like the pressure's on me to, like, do great things. Well, and I feel like to do great things... Personally, I feel that if I want to do great things, I shouldn't go to school. I feel like I have to experience things, whatever, and, like, travel outside of my hometown. That's why I'm in Banff yeah. right now, because I just feel like I couldn't get that back in Ontario. Like, Ontario, I hated it. I wasn't happy at all. Like, I would... It was bad. It was no. It was actually yeah, super bad. Like I would, I'd break down. Whatever, because I just didn't like the people around me. Didn't like any of the towns around me. Whatever. So that's why I was like, fuck it. I'm moving to Banff. Because I remember when I was in grade eleven, which was like three years ago, I came out here to visit my brother, and I I told myself that I'm gonna live here. Like I am gonna live here, and now I am living here, and I just feel like that's like a personal goal that I achieved, mm-hmm. and that makes me happy. Like one hundred percent. And I just feel like happiness is more of a goal versus, like, money, like, whatever. So I feel like I'll be more successful if I'm happy, you know? That's a good way to start it. And also, that's that's one of the best ways to really create that first base impression. But a lot of that requires work. It's all it's okay. all work. Like, I mean, yeah, for that. sure. For me, like, my, be- my best way is, like, my goal is to eventually start going up, getting up at 4 p.m. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 4 a.m., like, it's, like, the prime time for, like, great ideas. Like, yeah. best best time is when you're no, sitting no. on your own and you're thinking. Yeah. Like, before before winter crashed in, I mm-hmm. would sit by the bridge and all that and think. When you wake up at that time, everything's quiet, nothing's going on, yeah. going on, so you can really think. And you have this time all to yourself. Like, there's no one else that can affect you or anything, so you really have, like, this personal time to, like, think. What, like, just everything. Whatever you want to think about, you can just think about it, you know? But, I don't know, it was, like, weird, because when I was young... I already started serving, like, I was still in high school, and I was serving at banquets and shit, and I would be, the night before, I'd be up till 3 a.m. setting everything up, and I'd have to get up at 6 a.m. to go and, like, serve the banquets and shit, and I feel like that, I'm, at the moment, I didn't like it at all, but now I realize that really affected my work ethic, and now I really work for what I want. I feel that. I really do. The same, in a sense, but not because of that. Just, like, my family grew up with, like, no money. Yeah. And, like, 
Can I don't know. Okay. Wait, what? You you no no him and I were doing something else. Like, what are you saying? No, like I feel like I do work like for what I want. Yeah. Like, cause growing well, up, because money wasn't given to you, right? No, my mom, like, cause I live with my mom and my dad. Like, yeah. My mom and my dad were split up since I was like four, and my mom was like borderline poverty. Like, she made like maybe three grand above the poverty line. So like, I just like well, that's grew like up my with mom. no money. Yeah. So, like, what's poverty then? It's like if you make less than like 30 35. grand or 35 i think 30 is a maybe 30 yeah yeah a year, yeah then if you make less than that then in poverty but the thing is i think a huge thing that, take, that took a toll on me was my dad because i knew he was making a lot of money <laughs> daddy issues daddy issues baby let's go okay there we go there we um go. but no it definitely <laughs> no like i knew my dad was making a lot of money but he wouldn't like help my mom out with that no, at my all. Dad, my dad, like, owes my mom 40 grand in child support. Yeah, and it sucks. But my mom won't take into court. It definitely, no, time. it sucks, though, because, like, that's your father, so you don't want to go against yeah, and him. Then what they do is, like, they never spend time with you or they never call you, but, but what they do is buy your love. Yeah, they do. They buy your love, 100%. And I, my dad would always try to. I remember one time for Halloween, my dad bought me a fucking Xbox One, and I was like, Why? And he's like, oh, just because. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I haven't seen you in, like, two months. And now you're just I buying me this. I want to without seeing my dad. So, so have I. So have I. My dad, technically, so he bought a house in Croatia. Technically, he's not allowed to be that far away from me. But he is for, like, six months at a time. Yeah. And it sucks. And he does give us, like, child support. But it's not as much as it's supposed to be. But my mom's like, it's not worth taking to court. Cause she'd my not- mom, exactly. Yeah. Like, my dad owes my mom so much money in child support. Yeah, oh yeah. But my, like, she just won't take him to court Ooh, because they're on good terms. No, 100%. You guys aren't being recorded for a podcast. Yeah, no. It's deep questions. No, it's fine. No, I like I this, though. Really no, I like this, but though. But it's true, though. Like, Cause I don't, issues. I don't, no, I really, like, generally, I don't like to speak, like, my feelings and I all that. I know you don't. I know, yeah, I just don't. I, like, bubble everything in. I know. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, this I don't know. This is really nice. Bottle it all up. Until you explode. That's what happened yeah. to me. That's yeah. what happened to me. I sat down in my washroom for 30 minutes, sitting on the floor, bawling my eyes out because I got to a point where I couldn't handle it. I had. And when was this? This was about a year ago. So I worked 14 hours straight at Burger King. Burger yeah, Burger King. King. Yeah, bro. Burger but then King after that, I didn't even have a day of a break before I had to work a wedding banquet, which was also it was about a twelve-hour shift, no breaks or anything. And the fact it was stressful is because my mom was running it, so everyone came to me asking where this was, where that was, whatever. And I always had to go early to help her and stuff, and that just stressed me out. Like I couldn't handle it. I did it, but it just sucked. I cried for two days. Two days. I remember on the way to the banquet, I was crying. I didn't show my mom, though, because I don't like to Is show her my emotions. Sorry? Someone McKenna came with you or no? No, no, no. No, no, no. It was a different time, but, yeah, I was just... It was it was a wreck. It's just... I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of stress. And the other thing, having two immigrant parents, it's just... I feel that pressure on me to, like, do good. And, like, I know they want me to go to school and all this, but I don't want to go to school. Like, I don't. I genuinely don't. Yeah, but it, don't go to school. It, it takes time, and you definitely no, like, you definitely need to, like, not... You don't like, need I to, just, like... I don't want to go to school until I know 100% what, what I want to do. And I, like, I know for sure I want to be management. I don't like being told what to do, and I want to be... Burger King taught us that. Burger King did 
teach us that. And I remember, and Burger King taught me a lot of things. It, it even like brought me out of my bubble because I was super like, like super socially awkward before that. And I remember Burger King taught me like to like step out of my bubble, talk to people, whatever. And I would yeah. always talk to customers because I I even remember working at my mom's restaurant. I would not talk to customers. I'd give them their food, go away, whatever. But then um, I didn't even realize at Burger King that I changed until my general manager came up to me and she said, you've changed a lot since you've got here. Like, you are you talk to everyone. You're not, like, socially, like, awkward anymore. You're, like, you talk. Yeah, just, it, I think it was, I think it was Arnold and, like, all of them. Don't let me Arnold. And uh, would you say you're a lot happier since then? I definitely, no, definitely, I definitely am. Because even going to parties and stuff, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I would only talk to just my friends. But after that ex- whole experience working there, I've started to talk to everyone. I've made more friends, you know. And it's been a lot better. I feel like it's a Because I was tied down to my specific friends. And one friend specifically, she was super toxic. And I didn't realize that because I thought that she was all I had. But I have realized that now. And I don't want to say I dropped her. Like, we're still chill. But we're definitely not as close anymore because I've realized that that's not what I want in my life, you know? Are you aware of, like, a nomad's mindset? No. So, a nomad, like, are you familiar with the term? No. nomad? No. So, a nomad is someone that, like, travels around, doesn't exactly have particularly, like, a home per se mm-hmm. and just learns over the road like collective wisdom and like yeah almost carries nothing yeah so a nomad mindset in the sense of like knowing and talking to people yeah is always treating strangers like your friends mm-hmm. in the most polite sense like that's the one thing that's important about like this generation specifically is manners and politeness which I'll be right back Honestly, what are your particular view, like, what's your position on, like, manners and, like, politeness? Like, what was that sort of taught up in your brain? Okay, so... Hey, why'd you switch? Oh, okay. No, this is... No, I don't... I don't <laughs> like that. that. No. <laughs> okay, wait. So, manneriness and politeness. So, I've been taught from, like, a young age. Like, even when my grandpa would, like, come to visit from Poland, sitting at the table, he would put books on my head and under my arms when we were eating dinner. And if I'm, like... if Because when you're using a fork and knife, you shouldn't have, like, your elbows out, right? So, if I did that, the books would fall, obviously. And I'd have to have straight posture to, like obviously not let the books fall off of my head yes once again like i'm grateful that it happened because you know now i have somewhat manners kind of ish depending on who the person is you know (laughs) but no for the most part i think like slurping soup do you slurp soup i do not slurp soup no perfect you see that's good manners yes i drink my soup (laughs) you see that's Okay, but I would always drink my soup. Once I got to the end, I would drink it. But then yeah. I was told that's not good manners. So then How I was like, that not oh, good shit. manners? You're finishing the full meal. Yeah, then exactly. you're drinking it. I know, but Use your spoon. Yeah, but it's more disrespectful to sit there and continue scooping with the spoon than just... No, I think, I think if you're at, like, a dinner and you pick up your 
bowl and you finish your soup, I feel like that's not respectful. Is that respectful? Do you Depends agree? on the culture. So, like, personally, that's true. Because like, so, I think what is it in like Asia and stuff? They slurps. Yeah, like so, out of respect. So in Japan, like from like my personal perspective, like I only been there for like two weeks, yeah, like a couple of years back, yeah. But when it come came down to it, like ramen and all that, like slurping the all that, that was yeah. really towards politeful because yeah, it, for you sure. like it was showing that you like the food, yeah. And then like in um, Italy, it's actually rude to completely finish your food because that means to them they are a very poor people that didn't feed you enough. Oh, well, that a, I agree with. So then and there's also parts like all around the world, like me, I'm happy when people finish my fruit, but I'm not disrespected yeah. if people don't. Yeah. But, yes, you are. Yes, I am. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> I've known yes, first, I, I know firsthand that's <laughs> bullshit. That potato rice shit you made, like, whenever, that I'm was gonna, delicious, man. Can you hold this? Mm. This is the awesome. yeah. Is oh, it that? That's uh, can you go throw it on the charger while you're in that one? Can you move it over there? <gasps> yeah, oh, so, yeah, so, like, following on to that, like... I would say, like, if you were, let's say, heading over to, like, a wedding or something, like a banquet and that, and you just start hucking up your bowl, like, that sort of behavior you'd probably see in, like, an eight-year-old kid, but probably not so much. I'd be intrigued on if you're at a bowl and an eight-year-old kid is throwing up. Ooh. That'd be interesting. I've actually been there. You see that. an eight-year-old throwing up? Mm-hmm. I was, um, I was actually pulling off a wedding, so... A wedding? Yeah. Jesus. How much alcohol did they give that kid? I don't know. Like, um, so the story is, this buddy of mine, his name is Dominic. He was he was proposing to his girl, girlfriend. Like, this is all in Papua New Guinea and shit. He knew he owned a fucking helicopter. This is the type of dude we knew. I was gonna say the fact he owned a helicopter, she should have said yes. Well, I mean, here's the thing. She was like a local girl and all that of Papua New Guinea. Yeah, she said yes. But here's the beautiful thing, like. That's why I was, like, so hat sad, like, about, like, I lost my hat because it's the same as my dad that he gave me. So, was like, it the hat that went missing and yeah. then came back and then... Yeah. Did you find that hat? No, it's still you missing. Found it? oh. No. But, like, we were... So, me, my... Uh, so, my family, like, my dad, my mom, I think of my brother, and a couple other of his mates, all... We sailed off, like, to this little island about two hours away from the coast, and we started dip. Like doodling up on the sand and shit. Will you marry me, right? In like salt, sand, and like rocks and seaweed and shit. And he flew her down on the fucking helicopter. She was already bawling her eyes out. She was like, "Yes, yes, yes." And we took her back on the boat and shit like that. My dad was cooking up this big fucking feast and shit. And he picks me up and tosses like this was like I was well, it doesn't pick me up, but he tosses me up towards. Yeah, so he tosses me up onto, like, the base plate of the boats. Like, this uh, little stand, like, not much bigger than, like, half a foot high. He tosses a hat. He tosses the, like, not the same one, but a black captain's hat on the top of my head. And he says, alright, marry him. You're the captain of the ship. So here I am, all these kids, all these fucking family in here that, and here's my 17-year-old ass, like, doing, like, my, my, I had nothing scripted, right, and I married these two people, we were off into international waters, I was a sea captain shit, declared captain, I didn't have to sign any paperwork or anything, but like, to them it was real, and like, oh, it was like, dearly beloved, we gathered here today to like, um, celebrate a new life of two and shit like that, yeah, yeah like, honestly, 
It was it was a weirdly beautiful thing, and I've never been able to top that. But yeah, going from that, all of a sudden, like I'm in the middle of this, this um, this marrying of two people and shit, and all of a sudden, like I finally finish. This kid comes and starts sprinting over to the fucking side of the boat, and all you hear is like this velociraptor shriek, it just over the side. Somehow doesn't kill the mood though. Somehow doesn't kill the mood. Good shit. My dad's shock kind of uh, kept up the mood. I've been to one wedding in my entire life, and that was my parents' wedding after 15 years together. That's oh yeah, you said you told yeah. me about that, eh? They were t- yes. My I didn't find out that my stepdad was my stepdad until I was about 11. Yeah. And but wait, when they get together? Uh, they got together just after I turned five. Holy well, shit. Well, four or five between the two. I, yeah. All I know is beforehand, I lived with my grandparents, and holy fuck, don't get me started on that. <laughs> but uh, I lived with them, and then by the time I turned four or five, I started living with my mom and my stepdad. At the time, I figured he was my dad, and then once I got older, I started realizing I'm the only one in my family with blue eyes. <laughs> like my once my sister was born that's when I fully started realizing I'm like what the fuck and then all of a sudden when I turned 11 I got a call from my mom when I was at home alone she's like hey you're about to get a phone call well the house is about to get a phone call from someone just talk to him listen to what he says and see and just let what happens happens I'm like okay next thing you know two and a half hours later I get a phone call from my biological dad and he, from what I've been told, wait, she didn't warn you. That she it was did not him? warn me at all. She did not oh, tell shit. me who it was. She just told me there was a phone call. Just listen to what he has to say and do what you want from there. Right? Because legally in Canada, once you turn twelve, you can decide what parent you want to live with. I was eleven, so I didn't really have a decision. But it was about two months before I turned twelve. So whatever I decided at that point was the decision. And I let him explain his story, and. I hung up the phone, and then I called my mom bitching at her. Keep in mind, 11, and I'm swearing at my mom, fucking going to town on her, asking her what the fuck's going on. Then she tells me a story where he wanted nothing to do with me, wanted to kill me, and shit like that. Which completely contradicted his story. It is. But, fucking... Anyway, uh, after that, I realized, oh, fuck... I swear to God, from 11 after that phone call, so 11 to about 16 or 17, I want to say, I swear to God I was adopted. (laughs) Because once I turned 15, my little brother was born, and he didn't have blue eyes. Like, I knew that my bio... I wasn't 100% sure about the biological thing until I got shown the papers. That's when I was like, fuck. But I went back to the wedding because you got me fucking sidetracked, you fucking bitch. <laughs> hey, that's the whole story. I know, story. I know. But uh, 15 years later, uh, they got married. Uh, yeah. Now it would have been, I'm almost 20, so about five years ago. Thank you. Uh, fucking, I'm not going to lie, the first time I was ever blackout drunk and my parents didn't even know. They called me how out. Old, how old were you with this? I was 15. 
Fifteen. Blackout drunk. Blackout drunk. Holy shit. But it was all around family and shit. Like I was well, I mean, it wasn't at a party or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was at a family gathering and once I realized I was like, oh fuck, I don't feel so good, I went straight to bed. <laughs> I didn't throw up or anything, but uh it all started with they got married in Kelowna. Where I was born, where it, my parents actually met, which is fucking weird. My mom's from Winnipeg, and my dad's from my stepdad's Ooh, from Regina. Your mom's from Winnipeg, really? Yeah, my mom's from Winnipeg. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> my step my stepdad's from Regina, and I found out my biological dad's from Nova Scotia. Excuse me. That's huh. So how the like, and they my biological dad and mom met in Quenell, where I moved from, back to Calgary, and then yeah. That would be a story for another podcast because I know you're gonna get me to do another one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Just make yep. sure. Max I'm... is like, oh shit, he's fucked up. I gotta do more. I... You gotta make sure I'm fucked up when I do these. That's oh, all I gotta say. Like, I mean, that's the whole thing. This is like banked on banked. Yeah, let's say B- sober, you would not hear any of this. BT Dubs. Just this is a quick call out to uh, my main man Austin and his uh, <laughs> Instagram feed, Baked on Baked with uh, Shoganda, aka the. Uh, Captain Jack Lantern, what's yours? Follow me at uh, a.u.s.y.p. You'll know which one's me. I'll be the 19-year-old at Banff. You'll see the fucking pages in my Instagram TV. I think that's what it's called now. What the fuck is it called? I don't know. HGTV. Is it HGTV? Oh, IGTV. Is it IGTV? Okay, IGTV. Okay, I don't know. IGTV. I don't know. In my opinion, it's fucking stupid. How crazy has technology gotten, though? Fucking Insane, crazy. bro. Like, I mean, think Thank about you for it, like. the subject. Holy fuck. No, no, no. Just saying. No, no, keep going, keep going. Just saying. Like, I mean, fuck. Like, what was the moral to the story of your wedding, though? Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, fuck. They got married in Kelowna, where I was born. They met fucking. I, apparently, they met in uh, Medicine Hat before it got lit on fire. That's trippy. Yeah. Like, literally, well, 15 years before I got lit on fire, but they originally <laughs> met in Mad- Medicine Hat, and I lived, I, from what I've been told, I lived there for a few months. I don't remember it or shit. The most yeah. I remember is when I was one to four, I remember bits and pieces, and then five to six bits and pieces. And then after that, I don't remember anything until I was, like, 15 and onwards. No, that's fair, that's fair. Like, certain parts in memory does go yeah. a little crazy, because, like... Especially since I smoke weed, I don't think it really helps. It doesn't help, but like, Mm -hmm. there has been a study on that where if you, your memory is only as good as when you last remembered it. Yeah. So, your memory is only as good as when you last remembered the situation. So like, if you focus on a conversation, that's why it's going to stay in your memory for so long. That's why if you're not focusing Mm -hmm. on something and then you're not kind of like memorizing each thing that's going on around you. You forget basically instantaneously, and then other things. When you're really focused on it, you can remember it through every detail because you're like you're thinking about it, you're focusing on it, and then you think about what the actions you did previously were, and that's the whole base premise of a memory is how well you remember that exact situation. Since we're all here, and I actually trust all of you, even though this is on a podcast, regardless, would you guys like to know my like earliest memory? Yeah. Of course. Okay, so still I don't know how old I was. I just know it was when I lived with my grandparents, so between one and four. But I was sitting at home playing with a toy farm. I fucking love this toy farm. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it 
was about it, but I loved playing with it. Every time I like moved the cows or shit, it'd make a sound. Right. But I fucking I loved playing with it. But one night I was playing with it, and my grandfather came home from work and ended up kicking it. And literally 15 minutes later, the last memory I have from back then was him throwing a wine glass at my grandmother. Oh my god! Whoa. Yeah. Bro. And then after that, the memory, all the memories are with my parents. Bro, but how did that affect you? Oh, you know how I am now. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's see how that affected me. Oh I mean, it could have been, it could have affected me a lot worse. Yeah, especially yeah, like growing sure. up. Like definitely, if well, you're I feel in like that these situation. like traumatic events like yeah. make you who you are. Well, you know? that's that's one of the traumatic. <laughs> the most traumatic <laughs> event is actually a like three parter, and there's still a chance that it could happen again. Yeah. Uh, when I was one, I was with my mom. I know that 100%. I have pictures and shit, but I was with my mom, and we were at the just down at the beach in Kelowna. Have you been to Kelowna? No. Uh, by the Okanagan Lake, there's a little beach area with sand and shit. They throw a thing with a pool floaty that has a bunch of shit you can jump on every year. But uh, I was one, and I got stung by a bee. <laughs> and I ended up having a seizure. Oh, no. At one. Are you allergic to bees? We don't know. I have yet to be stung by one since I was one. It could have also one. been because you were young. Yeah. But then that's again, what the I, don't, I don't recommend getting stung And by then... Bees. <laughs> Seven, not even seven years later after that, well, not even seven, I was, I want to say 13, so a few, 13 years after, I was babysitting, actually no, I wasn't babysitting, I was outside at my parents' old place, and I was laying down with my head looking at the sky for a bit, and I blacked out. I woke up, I guess, six hours later, and my mom was crying above me. Oh yeah, you were talking about yeah. how you have those blackout moments, don't yeah. you? And uh, I guess I... It's considered a seizure. There's a small hairline fracture seizure, but I blacked out and I didn't come to until I actually came to. Yeah. And my mom was, I fucking, I woke up to rain hitting my face. My mom crying over me and ambulances outside. Wow. I was 13, man. That must have been terrifying. Oh, no. See, normally I would say yes, but the most terrifying event out of the three was the most recent one, which was... Four years ago, just before Christmas, I was babysitting two kids in my mom's day home, and I blacked out. Oh. When I came to, both kids were gone. Oh, oh, no. You don't understand how much of a heart attack I had. I, like, called my mom bawling my eyes Did out. Did you find the kids? Oh, the, <laughs> according to the parents, I was fully functional. I talked to them. I was making myself dinner. I had the TV on. Fucking everything was a-okay. I do not recall giving the kids to the parents. Oh, shit. That's so you terrifying. gave the kids to the parents. Yeah, I do oh. not recall it at all. I just remember just, waking like, up and... As soon as they left, you just kind of passed out and then you woke no, up and you're like... No, I was past... The last memory I have is sitting on the couch with... One of them was three at the time and the other one was just a few months old. So you don't like recall like being no. awake, whatever. I don't recall being awake when the parents showed up at all. Even to this day. I try to bring it up. I cannot. Hmm. But, so wait, you haven't actually discussed this to your parents? No, I talked to my parents about this. I even talked to their, like, the kids' parents about this, and they were really confused about it, too. <laughs> we went to the doctors, and they said, yeah, I had a seizure. What? The ways... Okay, there's some that, like, you yeah. do the spasm and shit, and then there's some that you will... In your mind, you'll black out, 
or you'll fall asleep, but you'll be fully functional in real life and not remember shit. So like an autopilot then? Yes. It's basically, you know sleepwalking? Yeah. It's like sleepwalking. But you're fully like, yeah. you're unaware, but you're fully conscious on it. Yeah. All I know is when I woke up, my house wasn't burnt and I had a good fucking dinner. <laughs> That's insane, because, like, I've slept walk, but I've been fully functional throughout a whole night, and then in the morning, I don't remember any of it, like, at all. Like, I well, had sleepwalking, you well, don't remember so, at all, because you're sleeping, and yeah. when you fall asleep, technically, your body in a, so, like, at a moment that, of death. I don't understand how that makes sense, though. Like, I really don't understand. From what I, like, get, because I took psychology in high school yeah. and law, but I was more into psychology. I was really into fucking, like, how dreams and shit works, because I've always wanted a lucid dream. I've never been into that. We've only got, like, five more minutes on this. Five more minutes? Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, we've been going. <laughs> no been, way! Yeah. Okay, go, go, go. Okay, um. Yeah. Do you want to do another one after? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have no issue. I mean, if you guys are down. I'm keen for it. Like, I mean, huh? all right, so, want... um, because we're about to hit 60 minutes on this, we'll like, this, this is, this is part one. This is part one, and thank you guys for coming and doing all this for me. Here we go. This is the Anchor Song Guild. I am your host, MRP, Shoganda, the Guild Master of the Anchor Song Guild. All right. Here we go. We got Julia, Austin, Fiona, and our temporary guest star, yeah, Simon. He's not, he's not gonna talk. He'll, he'll hear come him in occasionally. He'll pop up in the next series. Here we go. Have a great night, everybody. Okay, Sweet dreams. <laughs>